0: This seems like a weird question, but do you have to act well to be a Christian?
1: The answer is an obvious yes, and this is evident through our calls to bear fruit. But what
0: in the world does it mean to bear fruit? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the Pilgrim Song. to The Pilgrim Song, Season 2, Episode 13. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And we're two favorite interracial friends talking about Jesus. Back together again, Ooh. finally. It's been too long. Yeah, dude, you're back, man. Welcome <laughs> <I know>. back. <laughs> oh, what? It's been, a, it's been a sad two weeks. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh,
1: You know, it's funny. I never, like, thought... Like, I heard people talk about filming, like, filming, recording a podcast by yourself is like lonely and also more difficult than recording it with somebody else. And both those things are very true. Very true. Like like when you're sitting there just talking by yourself in a room, like I just feel like I'm talking in circles the whole time. Yeah. It's like I had to do so many more takes than I normally <laughs> ever would. And it's like, man, yeah, it was I, It was an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> a
0: recording mine and then my roommate came up. So I just, I, I was like, I sound like a crazy person just sitting here. Because it's obvious I'm not on a phone call. I'm just sitting here jabbering
1: my wife literally sat in the room and read a book while I recorded next to her there you go yep <laughs> there you go some insight into yep it.
0: the lone podcast she was like right? now I
1: don't have to listen to it because I can just listen to it while you're recording." it so there you go yeah
0: well we're very glad to finally be back together we're trying it life is busy and I, I know you everyone's understanding but uh we're we're hoping that we're we can still remain an encouragement uh but we're just We've got a lot of stuff on our plate uh, right now. So we're we're excited again to be back together. And this week we want to talk about a really important subject when it comes to our Christian walk, when it comes to being a pilgrim, uh, and a value that we need to be very aware of. Part of what Jesus calls us to do is to bear fruit. And as you read scripture, you cannot run away from the idea of bearing fruit. Um, So we have to be very aware of what it means and how it's supposed to influence our walk. We want to begin with digging through a few scriptures, and we're going to talk about what this means and challenge ourselves on how we live this out. So when we first see Jesus talk about bearing fruit, we actually see John talk about it earlier in Matthew. But when we talk about Jesus mentioning it, we see it in Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 23. So, coming from the sermon on the mount Jesus says beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves you will know them by their fruits are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles in the same way every good tree bears good fruit but the bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear good uh, bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit Is cut down and thrown into the fire thus you will know them by their fruits so Charlie you've heard this passage before we've read this a lot before Mm -hmm. what are the things that you think about firstly when you reflect on this passage
1: yes I think it's really cool that he starts off talking about false prophets Um, I think that's kind of interesting and and you know false prophet obviously right it's anyone who brings anything that's it goes against the truth basically mm-hmm. and like the false right um, and so what he tells us is that we're gonna know who those people are by the fruit that they bear right and the fruit that you bear what that means like it's it's this outward result of the way that you are inside um, and and it's really something that you can't really control the only way you control it is by the way that you are on the inside of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You have no control over the fruit that you bear. Um, other than the way that you are inside, you don't, you don't get to sit. It's like you could come along and, and be preaching what you are proclaiming to be just absolute truth, you know, making yourself out to be like the most holy person that ever was. But in the reality, of the situation is if you're rotten on the inside, you know, the fruit that you're going to be bearing and showing on the outside is also going to be bad. Mm-hmm as well no matter how much you may protest to be good you know you can't run from it right you can't if you're bad on the inside the fruit that you get that you bear is going to be bad and then what happens next that's pretty scary Mm. um you know he says you're thrown into the fire and that's just not something that i want so
0: (laughs) yeah uh My dad always said this, you know, lying was, lying is, was, and is a struggle for me. So my dad would always say, be sure your sins will find you out. And that may come during your life. Mm. It may come after, but that's, you're, you're going to trip up the, who you really are is going to reveal itself. And that's very much what Jesus is talking about here. Just like what Charlie was talking about when it comes to false prophets, you know, they can teach a good game. They can make it sound really good, but the true nature is going to slip out. Who they are is going to slip out. Um, You can talk about, I I mentioned in the script about Robbie Zacharias, which was my fourth podcast that I did on here. And it's the same picture that Ravi, while he preached a good message, and I think there's some stuff that's helpful that he said, what he revealed is that, you know, his heart probably wasn't as changed by Jesus as it needed to be because of his actions. Mm -hmm. So Jesus tells us that, Who we are or, you know, the fruit that we bear is reflective of the heart. There is no way that a bad tree is going to bear good fruit. And the same goes vice versa. So it means that we must be aware of false teachers, but it also means that we need to be aware of ourselves. That if we look spiritual, but are not changed to be more like Christ, and we're not being sanctified, and we're not growing, that is an issue, that is a problem. And Jesus makes it very clear there's no such thing as someone who, you know, it wants to, that is bearing good fruit, but is actually evil. So, mm-hmm. if someone teaches righteousness, their life must also live righteousness. So, don't be duped, don't be deceived, and watch yourself, especially in your arrogance, that you don't become a wool covered wolf. Trees that are bad are burned, they are consumed by their brokenness. And consumed and judged, I believe, by Jesus as well. So if we're looking to become more like him, we have to be aware that he is also the judge of that as well. So why do you think that uh, this teaching is so important, especially as Jesus is concluding this message of the Sermon on the Mount?
1: Yeah, so I think it's I think it's important and it's cool for what you specifically just said, and that is, like, this is the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, um, and and where he kind of goes after this is is kind of almost a continuation of it as well mm-hmm. as he ends up finishing off the, the sermon altogether. Because what, what he does in the Sermon on the Mount is he basically comes forward and just lays down the truth, right? What Jesus says is he establishes what is true, uh, what is right. And anyone who's going to bring forth or do anything that's different than this, right, is is false. They're, they're going against the truth, right? Mm -hmm. They're no longer walking as they're supposed to, right? They could end up being a false prophet, right? Here's the truth. If you don't abide by the truth, then, you know, you're, you're wrong, you're in the wrong Mm -hmm. and you're going to be bearing bad fruit. Uh, You may appear really good on the outside, but your fruit's going to be rotten Mm -hmm. and they're going to be dealt with in a way that doesn't end well for them. Uh, and that's kind of what he talks about there in 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 verses uh uh twenty-one through twenty-three, right? Is the fact that, you know, not everybody is going to to end up, you know, with God someday. Not everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is gonna be welcomed into his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? It's it's difficult to. But if you abide by the truth, if you do the things that Jesus has laid forth in his sermon before this, then you will be able to have that. Um but the big thing too that you also mentioned is this idea that you can't be both good and bad, right? Mm. Jesus laid down the truth and you can't be one foot in the truth and one foot outside the truth. Um, no matter how much you may protest to be good, like I said, like if if you're bad, if you're bad on the inside, you're gonna end up being bad on the outside. It's gonna find you out eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kinda how he continues talking uh even after that, right? The the wise person they're going to build their house on the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the result of being wise and building your house on on the rock, as, as, as the good soil, right, is is the good fruit that you're going to be bearing mm-hmm. in your life as well. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. And going back to what you're mentioning about verse 21 specifically, it's not just those who say the right thing. It's not right. just those who say, "Lord, Lord." It's those who do the will of the Father. So, if you say, "Lord, Lord," but then you don't do what He says. That's condemnation. Yeah. So we have to be very aware of that calling upon the name of the Lord is really important. Romans ten, yeah. but living according to how God calls us, like that's the rest of the Romans. Yeah. That's what Scripture calls us to, bring us to the point of salvation, and from there we live differently. Yeah. So
1: yeah. it's kind of Jesus's like call at the end of his, ser- like you know, a lot of times in sermons or whatever. Or like I know, like you'll do where you give like almost like a specific challenge right, right to to the listeners, and I feel like that's almost kind of what he's doing here, where he he has laid down the truth, and so the the challenge is right to to go and live by it, yeah. and and you're going to be seen by the way you do that. Right, this is the challenge that he's issuing the all the people that are listening to him right now in this sermon. So it's, it's a really cool conclusion for sure. It's one that you can definitely take a note from for people who are trying to write a sermon, right? Structured in the same way. It's really cool yeah. um, that he kind of ended in this way. Here's the truth. It's up to you to live it, and you're and it's going to be known whether you do or not. So
0: absolutely. Uh, I know this is the first time that you've probably heard this, but the Sermon on the Mount is fire. so read it. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> another passage where Jesus talks about bearing good fruit comes from John 15. Uh, so, you know, here is one of the latter, if, if you don't know, in John, got, uh, Jesus makes multiple statements about I am statements about who he is, so like I'm the resurrection of life, for instance, So here he makes the I am statement about him being the true vine. So of course in this he mentions bearing fruit. Starting in uh, John 15 verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things that you may be that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. all right, so thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, so obviously this is very similar to the passage that we read about in Matthew when Jesus is concluding the sermon there. Um, but I, I like that it's it's a different analogy, right? It's similar, but it's different. Mm-hmm. In that it's not that there are good trees and bad trees. Good trees bear good fruit. Bad trees bear bad fruit. This is, there's there's one like single plant. There's one single vine, that's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we are all branches off of that vine. And there's two types of branches. There's going to be the ones that bear fruit, and then there's going to be ones that don't bear any fruit at all. And it's a very similar ending to the one that we have, right, where um, the ones that are bearing good fruit, they're good. They stay on the vine, and and they get pruned. And we'll talk about that. I'll talk about that in just a second. But um, the ones that aren't specifically get cut off, mm-hmm. um, which is also a form of, of pruning technically too, by the way. But instead of the... Instead of the branch kind of being pruned, it's the it's the whole entire thing gets cut off. Um, so I have a vegetable garden. Um, I I thoroughly uh, enjoy um, doing it. It's a it's a fun little hobby uh, that my wife and I have. And one of our favorite plants that we that we grow is a tomato plant. And a true indeterminate tomato plant. A lot of people may not realize is actually technically a vine plant. Like that's actually mm. the way that it that it grows. Um, and a big, big part of growing tomatoes is pruning. Like it's actually a really important thing to do. Um, like where if you want the best yield out of your plant, if you want the biggest tomatoes, if you want the most tomatoes, it's pretty essential that you prune it along the way, which is basically, you know, an act of exactly what Jesus is describing in this passage where you go and you trim the good parts that are going to bear fruit, and you cut off the branches that aren't bearing, any, that aren't going to bear any tomatoes as well. Um, strategically doing it in a very specific way, and and the reason why you do that is to provide the most nutrients to the vegetables that are coming into the tomatoes. That way, you can get the best yield out of it. Mm. Uh, and if done properly, it can significantly increase the yield of the plant. But it, you know, if done improperly, then it can kill the plant altogether. Mm. And this is the same thing that Jesus says God's doing for us in this analogy, where you have the central vine, that's Jesus, and we all branch off of that. Um, and even, you know, if we're bearing fruit, right, even though we may be good, we're, you know, we're, we're strong and attached to the vine. We're doing really well. right? God's still going to prune us in that time. And, and this, I think, is a really cool message because it's this idea of like, it's not, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be great. Pruning is a is a pretty invasive process to the mm-hmm. plant. Where you're going in and physically removing parts of it, but the reward that you get in the end is far worth it. Um, because what God wants for us is 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 the best, right? He wants to see the most fruit, the best fruit coming off of us, and He knows that the only way for that to be possible is is to prune us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, it's to get rid of the branches that aren't being productive at all, right? In order to help us as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really it's a really cool analogy. It's like the other one, but it's almost more detailed. Um, so, yeah, I really like it. And either way, it comes to the same end where you either stay attached to Jesus or you get cut off and, and you're gone.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, well, I'm not even going to say what I had to say. <laughs> Thankfully, we have a gardener in the house. So, like, uh, it made me excited. I kind of want to garden now. Yeah, do it, man. Uh, <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. But, yeah, I – I really appreciate what Charlie had to say. And specifically when it talks about God's pruning of us, you know, as he mentioned, you have to be strategic with your plant cutting because you have to know, all right, this is what's going to make the plant healthier or not. So when we, when Jesus talks about the father being a good gardener or the perfect, the true gardener, that means that he knows what's going to make us better, what's going to make us grow, what's going to make us the biggest tomatoes possible, um, (laughs) if you will. So when Christians go through suffering and when we are called to endure, it's a difficult process. As Charlie mentioned, it's invasive and it hurts. Uh, I remember, I think it's CS Lewis when he's talking about God transforming us from a cottage into yeah. this mansion. Yeah. And it's like, and for us, you know, we, we just wanted to fix the leaky pipes. We just wanted a couple of things fixed here and there. And then he comes and he starts smashing things down with a sledgehammer. And it's just like, This isn't what I was expecting God But In pruning or turning us into a house Whatever it may be Is this realization that God is transforming us Into something far greater than we even had Expectations for ourselves So it's important for us that as Christians We see that we're called on To bear fruit and when fruit is being born God is going to prune us So that it grows even better Uh, and, And that should you know, So when we go through suffering When we go through trial it is a reminder not that God is far away, but actually that He's close and He's helping us to grow and yep. become perfect. So, yeah, let <laughs> so, me so,
1: clarify mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a tomato is actually a fruit. I think I said a vegetable garden. Oh, I think it's fruit. It, uh, it like is a fruit. It's going to trigger all those listeners who. I'm sorry, I apologize. Tomato is a fruit. I think I may have called it a vegetable. Alright, so we're going to ignore (laughs) the fact that Charlie's a false teacher Uh, now. I'm a false gardener. gardener.
2: Well, when we come back... I'm not the true gardener. That's true. Never (laughs) mind.
0: When we come back, we're going to talk about what good fruit actually looks like, though. We talked about bearing fruit a little bit, so we want to talk about what good fruit looks like, and we're going to address this in just a second. Be right back.
1: section what we want to talk about is is what does it look like to actually bear good fruit? What does this good fruit look like? And the first passage that we want to look at is, is right there in John 15 where we just were but we're going to skip down to verse 18 uh, and beginning in verse 18 it says, "If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. but because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world." Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you: A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. And if I had not come and spoken them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates my fa- whoever hates me hates my father also if i had not done among them the works that no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen and hated both me and my father but the world or the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled they hated me without a cause so when you hear this passage read alexander what is it that you see in this passage that is is specifically about good fruit all right. So
0: as we go through John 15 as a whole, there's a lot in here about uh, what Jesus calls his disciples to. And a big part of what Charlie just read was one of the ways that good fruit actually looks is being hated by yeah. the world. And we, we, that's something that has to be considered because it's very easy in a culture like ours that we want to be liked. I think it's human instinct to want to be liked. So it's very easy to conform to just what everyone else believes. But the reality is, the world is going to hate those who look and act like Christ. And I I feel the need to caveat, uh, to put a caveat in here because there's a lot of people who will say hateful stuff and then say, "Oh yes, the reason I'm being persecuted is because of my Christian belief or my Christian value." It could be you're being treated harshly because you are speaking not as Jesus would actually have you speak. So I think it's really important as we look through a passage like this, the reason you are to be hated is because you're acting like Christ, not because you're not. So I think that's very important for us to consider. We also see as we go through chapter 15 that we are defined by our love, that our love of the Father reflects the love that we are supposed to have for our neighbors. Yeah. So if we are Christians, if we are seeking to bear good fruit it starts with love. Just as God has loved us, so we love one another, so we love him, so we love those on the outside. We love our neighbors. So that is supposed to be a defining characteristic. And if you are doing something not motivated by love, it can't be of good fruit. Um, and love of the Father, we see that is also combined with following his commandments. Mm-hmm. So uh, John talks about this also in his epistle of First John. That if you love God, the way that you can know is if you follow his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. So it's important for us that as we go through this life, it may God does call on us to do things that are tough, to go against what our heart desires, calls us to go the hard route very often. So it's important for us that when we consider how does good fruit look like, it's not about what I personally feel. It's about am I reflecting the commandments that God has given? Am I following in His paths? Am I motivated by love? Uh, so all of that comes out of chapter fifteen, which is really impactful <clears throat> for what a disciple looks for sure.
1: like. Yeah, and I like how it's 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 cyclical in the way that he kind of brings it out. Where like you're saying, you know, you're you're hated by the world. You're hated by the world because you're different than the world. The world mm-hmm. that is defined by hatred. Instead, you're defined by love—a love that pushes you to love the Father. Because you love the Father, you follow His commandments. Because of the you follow His commandments, you're hated by the world. Yeah. Like there's no way to escape this cycle. Like you're either going to be, like he says, loved by the world or hated by the world. Mm-hmm. But if you're hated by the world, right, then you're you're loved by the Father. For so, sure. or that's where you you want to find yourself being. And, and it's kind of like what we were talking about with being pruned. We're like, this is a, this is not an easy passage this is not make Christianity and being a follower of of God out to be like this is easy thing you're going to be it's going to be a great time you're going to be a part of this you know big happy family no problems no it's going to be tough you're going to be outed you're going to be different um people aren't going to like you and that's a part of it sadly but it's well worth it in the end like the reward like we've talked about right is so great We're eventually those people who are of the world are going to be the ones that get cut off. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be a part of that. You want to be bearing these good fruits amongst the world yeah. that the world can see. Yeah, so.
0: Absolutely. So to be with the father, <laughs> since that is our goal, since that are, yeah. is our desire, we're supposed to be bearing fruit in, in accordance with that.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, so keeping going through this, uh, we see this uh, uh, more imagery uh, like the same use in Matthew chapter three. Um specifically when, when John the Baptist, we see this is you know his time where he is preparing the way for the coming Messiah. Uh in Matthew chapter three, beginning in verse seven, it says, When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Um, so again, right, we see this this imagery used about bearing fruit, and specifically what happens to the people who aren't bearing good fruit. It's mm-hmm. the same idea of being cut off and again thrown into the fire. Um, so what do you think when you when you hear this passage, when you read it, what do you think this sentiment means? Um, despite the different audience, right, than than us? Like how does this how does this apply?
0: Yeah. Uh so firstly, I, I really appreciate John's use of bare fruit yep. that is specifically about for, uh repentance. Yeah. And in line with that thinking mean I am so many people will act like Christianity is once I've been saved, then I can do whatever I want to, and as long as I say a prayer of repentance at the end of the day, I'm good. But John's reflection here is you are supposed to live your life like you are a repentant person that means i no longer desire to do the things that broke god's heart in the first place i want to do things that please him and bearing fruit according to that is as jesus already mentioned or mentions later in john is you listen to his command you love your neighbor and part of that is being hated by the world but and just as you know john the baptist was so when these people come to him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're coming to him, and he tells them, like, you know, who warned you about what is to come? And after telling them to bear fruit, that is worthy repentance, he also goes at them where they would rely on the fact that they were Abraham's children, that they would rely on their blood. And <clears throat> name alone has never worked with God. Yeah. You have to be repentant. You have to live accordingly. You cannot go to God the last day and say, look at look at the good people of my church, Lord. Look at um you know, look at my family. My dad was an elder or something like that. None of those things work. Too often people will confess faith, they will get baptized, and then only live consistently from time to time, but we have to get serious about living a new life uh in Christ. And it should be evident Annoying, even angering When Christians live consistently with their beliefs um, And I hope that's you know that's what we are striving to be Not so people just label us as bigots But because we are so dedicated to the message of Christ That we want to bear this good fruit from, for the Lord Through our loving attitudes Through our respect for other people All of that is supposed to be reflective of what Christ has done for us So... It's a, it's a tough passage to hear, yeah, for sure, and you, and always <laughs> tough to hear about these passages about persecution. It's a reminder that because I'm not persecuted, probably means I'm not living as as I ought to, or as consistently as I should.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, it's it's interesting too. Like when you read this passage, it almost sounds like he's belittling Abraham, but that's not at all what no, he's doing. Yeah. That's right. He's he's belittling the fact that these people the pharisees they hide behind abraham right they mm-hmm. almost use abraham as the shield of like well we have abraham like, yeah so we're protected like, we're fine we're we're god's children and, and he's basically like god could have raised up children from anything yeah um and so yeah it's yeah it's, it's like you said it's a really tough passage but it's good and the imagery stays the same and the 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 punishment is the same yeah. for those who yeah. choose to not bear good fruit. For those who are are not good trees, who are not good branches, right? Cut off, thrown to the fire. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I, I I think he repeats the fire intentionally over and over again because it's such a big thing. Like you're not just cut off; like you are you are cut off and destroyed. Yeah. You're gone. You're done. Yeah. Uh, and that's it's big time. So. For sure. Um, but I think it's important for us to grasp that idea and, and truly see the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you only get one chance to bear the good fruit, so use it. Otherwise, you're getting you're getting cut. Yeah. So.
0: And I, again, it it means that we cannot sit around and exclusively live upon the label that I am a Christian. Yeah, for sure. It is you <laughs> have to live in accordance yeah. with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we definitely can be guilty of being just like the Pharisees so much because, right, that's that's why the Pharisees became what we know them mm-hmm. as and, and, and their reputation as being the Pharisees. They were the followers of God, like the leaders of the followers of God. And, you know, you just get complacent and then you get complacent in your faith and you're no longer really following God's word. And we can do that exact same thing today yeah. without even realizing it. So luckily we have people like John the Baptist who remind us of that yes. that we can read about yeah. Uh, and we can see that, so that way we can try to stay away from that, that we make sure that we're not the false prophets anymore. We're the ones bearing the good fruit. Yeah, so Absolutely. <clears throat> All right, uh, the next passage that we want to go to is over in Galatians chapter 5. Um, and this is probably another familiar passage. Um, and in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse uh, 16, it says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so this is probably the, the big passage that <clears throat> any of us think of when we think about bearing fruit or just the word fruit in the Bible. Yeah. At least for me, right, this is the one you go back to with the songs you sing as a kid. Uh, memorizing this stuff and, and different points in your life uh, and then just hearing lessons on it over and over again, right? The fruit of the Spirit, right? It's it's such an important passage. Uh, it's important that we do remember these things. Um, but, you know, even though we may hear it over and over again, right, it's still actually really a challenging passage when you kind of break it down. Mm-hmm. And so my question, you know, for you, Alexander, is is why is this so challenging for us? This thing that you memorize in Bible classes when you're a child, right? Uh is there anything that you've done maybe in your life that has helped you grow in these fruits?
0: Yeah, man. So I think a part of what's made this challenging for me is like I kind of look at the list and I'm like and maybe because of our culture or something like that, I'm drawn towards some of the things I would perceive as bigger. Mm-hmm. Like There is no way in the world anything about an orgy is attractive to me at all. Like, that's just horrific. That's disgusting. But then when it comes to quarreling and envy, then I'm like, oh, that's not as bad. You know, that's not as big of a deal. But as Paul tells us, this is not a reflection of just, oh, you know, whatever. This is a reflection that the fruit that you are bearing is of the world and not of Christ. Yep. So when I am jealous of what other people have instead of being content with what the Lord has given me, that's evidence of you know not me bear- I'm not bearing good fruit. So part of the challenge I think is we we see this list and like we'll we'll categorize it based upon you know how bad the things are. Instead of seeing mm-hmm. that at the end of it, Paul writes, and things, and like, things like, like these. This, yeah. There is a lot of stuff that falls yeah. in these categories. However, on the opposite hand, we have the things that are good these things that reflect fruits of the spirit how does that look it is loving it is joyful um so it it really pushes us to again like not just say oh here's a list of sins i can't do these things but this is what my life is supposed to be reflective of it's not that i just abstain from doing what paul says it's actually that i grow and i bear fruit in the spirit um, the things that have helped me grow in this, of course I'm not even close to being the person I ought to be. Um I I think just reading scripture of course helps. Yeah. Uh reading a lot of passages that are that you're not very comfortable with, I think, is really helpful. Going back and reading this passage again, uh is a reminder of how fall how how much I fall short of where I'm supposed to be. One of the things I would also consider is maybe taking one of these and just going out and seeing. all right, how do I practice this yeah. one? How can I be a more patient person this, you know, for this day or whatever? Or maybe you need to do it for a week and see, am I bearing fruits that are yeah. patient? Um, so I think just having this verse and reminder of when I encounter a situation like this, my default is that probably I'm going to want to react like the world acts, but instead I'm called to walk as a walk in the spirit. And that's what this is. Um, so I, I think really just challenging yourself with what we're called to do on this passage and understanding we're not supposed to be like everybody else. Uh, sure. I, I think that that's really what's pushed me to grow in that.
1: Yeah. I think that's fantastic. I really like that. You brought out the point of the instant right, and such things or in things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, because this is not an exhaustive list that paul puts yeah. out here I, I just imagine him just sitting there writing like he's, he's just coming these things are just coming to his mind as he's yeah. writing them down like you know sexual morality and purity essential and then he, and he finally after he lists up all those things he's like uh, you know i could go on basically yeah. forever with all of these awful things that you know are the bad fruits uh and but but instead you know i just you know basically writes you know etc or whatever (laughs) uh and and so anything like that that falls into that category um is going to be bad all right stuff that you don't want to do um and then he gives us this this nice list um that he just basically lays out exactly how we're supposed to be living our lives uh and and i was going to mention basically the same thing you did in, in learning how to grow and it's this idea of uh, of you mentioned you know taking it basically just one thing at a time. Maybe you pick one a day, mm-hmm. and you really try to focus on that. You know, am I am I truly being kind? Right? Am I being a kind person? Mm-hmm. What can I do today to be? I'm, I'm going to try to be the most kind person that I can today, or the most good person I can be today. Yeah. Um. You know, I, it, it's really it's it's almost not wrong. You know, to to every now and then just almost treat this like a checklist you go through it and you're like am I doing each one of these things yeah. you go by right was I loving today was I joyful today was I peaceful today was I patient today yeah. right kind of go through those things and, and and see where your weaknesses are because I look at this list and every time I read it I'm like okay I feel like I'm doing that but no nah, I definitely need to be definitely need to be more patient yeah especially like you know this week has been a lot of stuff. <laughs> I have not been a very patient person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, reading this now and recording this podcast, I'm like, I need to do, I you know, okay, I need to be better about that this week. And so, you know, <clears throat> again, this is something that we, you, you've probably heard a hundred times in your life yeah. and you'll probably hear it a hundred more times. Yeah. Um, but every time, right, don't, don't let it just become one of those repetitive things. It just kind of, you know, when you hear somebody reading it, you immediately turn the brain off. You're like, okay, I know this. No, really take the time. Look at each one of these things, the fruits of the spirits, and to see, right, am I really doing this? Am I am I really being a good person? Mm -hmm. Um the answer may be yes. But the answer may be yes, but I can do better, right? Uh that's usually, you know, I try to be good, but I can always be better. Um, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm a terrible person, and I fully admit that. So (laughs) (laughs) um, but no, this is yeah, a great passage for us, and I'm glad that we have. This specific list that we can look at, you know, when you talk about what are the specific things that are the the good fruits that we bear, it's, it's these specific things that we can look at yeah. uh, that Paul has given us, right? And again, the the reward is great for those who do it, and the the punishment for for those of us that choose not to is bad, right? It's it's not even specifically talking about getting caught off and thrown in the fire. You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right. Right? The people that do those things are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right? They're going to be the ones that call on the Lord and the Lord says, I don't know you. Yeah. So um, you don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's an appropriate response to that, right, is 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 some aspect of, of fear that you have there because, you, you know, I don't want to be there on that day uh, being rejected and, and kicked out of the kingdom. Yeah.
0: So, Yeah, and and I think that puts a really good tie between this passage in Matthew 5 or or Matthew 7 where we are coming out of or the whole Sermon on the Mount because in that, Christ is instituting what his kingdom looks like, what his people look like, and Paul is just furthering that message. This is what it looks like to be a part of this kingdom. So if you aren't these things, you're not a part of the kingdom. Uh, So we can be real about that. We can be honest about that. I think just as Charlie was mentioning, which I think is a good idea. You look through this and you say, where do i need to grow where have i fallen short uh because it's very easy to look at this list and i think as charlie mentioned we hear it so much that we just kind of tune it out and it's like no like how often are we joyful how often we sit there and say man i'm so tired of the gas prices instead of saying man i'm so blessed and thankful to live here all that type of stuff we are not as joyful as we ought to be we're not as loving or as generous as we ought to be so it needs to challenge us every time we read it to really walk in the spirit yeah for sure
1: those are fantastic points so hopefully you guys have a better understanding of of, you know what good fruits are from this uh we're going to take another quick break but when we come back we're going to finish off with some applications and some challenges for us as we go about the rest of our week and rest of our lives so stick around
0: So the Pilgrim Song, if we did challenge you with something or try to apply this some more, so we're going to do a little bit of that uh, for our conclusion. So since I'm a preacher, I also we always pretty much have a basic three-point structure. Just kidding. But regardless, we do actually have three things that we want to try to apply and uh, push us towards. Um, so... Number one, I think it's important that we always remember the motivation for our bearing of fruit. Very common atheistic trope about Christian faith is that you're doing these things because simply you fear burning or you fear hell or something like that. And that's not the reality of the situation. Now, both. You know, everybody warns, us. John warns us, Jesus warns us about those who do not bear good fruit, those who do not do right things, sure. But we are reminded also in those passages that we want to be a part of the kingdom. We want to, we are reminded constantly about the salvation we have in Christ. We are a part of his vine. We want to bring him glory. We want to do what is right. We are motivated because we want to honor God in our lives, not because we're just so afraid of you know, of hell or, yeah, and all that type of stuff. Yep. Anything that's going to lead us further away from him, we don't want to be a part of.
1: Yep, um, no, I think that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, I definitely think, right, when when you read the passages like being cut off and throwing the fire, right, it's, it's an appropriate response to read that and mm-hmm. and, you know, be a little bit uh, afraid of that. Yeah. But like you said, there's just, you can look at the whole other side of that too. You know, if you can look at that one side and get scared, but don't leave mm-hmm. out the entire other side of that as well, which mm-hmm. is the light that you could be, going to where you could be with God forever, uh, especially the God that has done so much for you in your life. Mm -hmm. Who has given so much for you, right? You know, why wouldn't you want to go and and be with them? I just want to do anything for you. So, um, I think it's fantastic. So we
0: just, when you go through your life, remind when other people either bring up that point or bring up that objection, make sure that you are living your life consistently with that, uh, motivation. Uh, I also think it's important for us to say that the way that people live their lives, which is their fruit, is evident of their heart's desire. And I want you to consider what does your fruit reveal about your heart? Uh, so just as I was mentioning with the fruit of the spirit um, and you know gas prices or uncertainty about the rest of the where the future of this country is, stuff like that. Are we living with joy knowing that, you know, maybe this is a frustrating and scary time. It like being a young adult and trying to get married and all this type of stuff. I I cannot lie about, you know, kind of the stress and fear that I sometimes live under. But we have to understand that if this life is about more than just what happens here, more than gas prices, I need to be living in accordance to that. I need to be joyful and seeking to spread that joy to other people. I also think it's important that we live our lives bearing fruit in line with repentance. Yeah. That I'm not trying to say, oh, let me let me do this thing and then I'll pray for forgiveness after. But rather, I don't want to do anything that's not going to please God and not going to honor Him and not yeah. going to give Him glory. And we have to make sure that we're being consistent in how we've been called. If we're being unloving to our neighbor, that's not bearing the fruit that we've been called to in Christ. So we have to be very concerned about. How we live, how we bear our fruit, I think it's very critical for you know our lives, of course.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, that, that's an extremely important point. And that, that's definitely a big challenge for me, uh, for sure. Uh, and especially, I, I liked the point you brought out with repentance as well. Like, right. genuinely, one of the hardest <laughs> commands for us, where you're not you're not motivated by you know, like, let me just you know mess up and then immediately pray and ask God for forgiveness. and get stuck in that cycle, but truly, you know, actually repenting and living your life in the way of wanting to please God um, versus just using, you know, his forgiveness as a crutch. Absolutely. Absolutely. To justify your sin. But yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's very good.
0: So the final thing I want to mention, I think that comes out of these passages and also just reminds me about being fruit in general is we are supposed to be evidence of God's existence and what he can do in people. So one of the hardest things about, I, I think when we talk about either history of the church or, you know, I'm, I'm we're not Catholic, but you know, when <laughs> Catholic priests and stuff like that do awful things, that is how the world sees yep. Christian faith. So, They can straw man and say, oh, you know, this is what Christians do and how they act. Well, it means for us that we cannot act that way. It means that we are not supposed to be that way. As a matter of fact, because Christ has called us to this standard. So we need to be honest, firstly, about our, our flaws and our short failings. You know, we've talked a lot about confession on this podcast. We need to be honest about where we fail. But we are also honest about, I am going to grow from this. I want to be more like Christ in this. Allowing Christ to prune us. Oh, that means, you know, sometimes sometimes it means we just suffer because we're trying to grow. Sometimes it means we suffer as a punishment of what we've done. Either way, we're supposed to be growing because we want to be more like Him. So when someone looks at our lives, we should hope that they see someone who may be flawed, but they're evidence that once I was broken and now I'm something different. I have a different, I have a love that's more dynamic. I have a joy that is greater than what's going on in this world. I have a peace and a fulfillment and a contentment. And if we are not living that way, if we are not bearing fruit, um, how is the world going to know that Christ changes people? How do they know that Christ changes hearts? Because if all they have to go on is these straw men and and all these news articles, of course that's what they're going to see. So I think it's very important for us to uh, consider how we live that's an important
1: aspect yeah. Uh, again yeah that's exactly right um that's and that that really just signifies what the whole idea of the fruit is right mm. in general right we we are evidence of god's existence right and that's that's the fruit mm. uh, that, that's the evidence that people can see that's the physical thing that people can see for sure that god is real that he is alive um i think that's fantastic and a great challenge to end it off with yeah so so
0: we do have some stuff that's going on this month, of course, though. So we you know, want to address this, want to talk about it just a little bit, though. So when we talk about bearing fruit and honoring Christ, you know, during a month of June, when the world considers this the Pride Month, the, the, the month of Pride where we celebrate the LGBTQ plus community, how do you think, Charlie, how do you think that these the bearing of fruit how do you think this applies to this month
1: yeah that's a that's a great question um this is a really interesting time because mm. you know every year right this is a growing thing that happens each mm-hmm. year more and more people celebrate it every year uh and it's so interesting because like, i don't even remember i honestly don't remember when Pride Month became as big as it is yeah. now. I genuinely I genuinely have no idea. And maybe that's just me being ignorant and not really keeping up with it. But in my mind, it's almost, you know, when I think back to my childhood, I don't, I don't remember that. Maybe I was just a sheltered child. But I don't think that was really a thing. And then all of a sudden now, it's just, you know, it's huge, right? It's mm-hmm. a big time. Uh, and so how do we apply the fruit of the Spirit in this time? Um, again, Go back to what we read in Galatians chapter 5 and the list that Paul gives. And think about that in the way that you treat people specifically of that community. Mm -hmm. Although somebody may be a part of that, may be living in that sin, that does not negate you from treating them any differently than you would anybody else. Mm -hmm. Because that's what Christ would treat them with no less love. Then he would treat anybody else right and, and in fact, we see Christ doing that when he goes and eats with like tax collectors for instance right these these people that that the Jews viewed as just awful, terrible people, the worst of the worst, right you know you don't want to be caught up being that kind of person right you want to be willing to you know have that same love that Christ had for those people as well because that's that's like you were talking about right We are to be the evidence of God's existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked about you know, the reputation of Christianity as a whole with things like the Catholic Church as well. And unfortunately, that is a big thing, right? And it, and it only takes one member of the, quote, Christian religion to make some large mistake yeah. to horribly stain Christianity and keep a lot of people from it. You don't want to be the person that's guilty of that. Mm-hmm. You need to be a light, right? You obviously need to be a light uh, amongst everybody uh, amongst any community that you're a part of, especially in these times like Pride Month, right? You don't want to partake of that. You don't want to, you know, necessarily encourage that. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to. What's the word I'm looking for? Endorse. Not be, endorse. Not aiding and abetting. <laughs> uh Be a whatever. Whatever the word is, I'm yeah. trying to look there at you here. Your, you may know, listeners. <laughs> um, but yeah, you don't, enable. You don't want to be an enabler. Go. There we go. <laughs> You don't want to be an enabler, <laughs> but you also don't want to be a, a hateful person. Either. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's finding that balance. So, just look at the list, make sure you're living that, uh, make sure that you're doing all those things, make sure you're bearing that good fruit. Yeah.
0: I um, love that thought of balance because, as Charlie mentioned, we cannot endorse this behavior. We know that what God has assigned for us, what He has called us to do. Um, but the reality is, if someone is yelling at you for being hateful during this month because you are sticking to what God has to say about the issue. If you respond to them by yelling at them and being unkind to them, that's not bearing good fruit. It's showing that perhaps you are using your Christianity as a shield for, uh, other attitudes or feelings you may have.
1: Just like the Pharisees. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So when we encounter these situations, we should be treating these people, you know, we, disagree with your lifestyle. I do not agree that you are living as Christ has called you. But just as Jesus is willing to sacrifice himself on your behalf, so will I. Because I love you and I care about you and I want you to come to to know God. So that requires patience. That requires self-control. That requires genuine love. But that's what we're called to. So. We need to bear that fruit, especially yeah. in a month like this, yeah. as, as controversial as it is.
1: You can and should disagree, mm-hmm. but there is a mean way to disagree. <laughs> there's a harsh way, and there's a nice way as well. Yeah. You can tell someone you disagree with them in a respectful, kind manner. You don't have to take to the keys of social media and just openly roast people yeah. for this. You can do it in a nice, respectful way. Um, that's all it takes, right? You should, you should disagree with it, right? You should be you should not be a part of it, but you can do that in the right way. So, yeah. and I really liked you bringing out the point about using Christianity as a shield, just like you know, with the Pharisees and Abraham, it's the same thing. We don't want to be guilty of that. Yeah. So,
0: and um, really thankful that we. I mean, to have a podcast like this, we we need to talk about this. Uh, I know it's a lot going on already. We're only nine days into this month, and I've seen a lot of stuff that. Christians have said oh, yeah. and stuff like that. I just want us to be very considerate about when we post and how we handle this month. Yep. Is it reflecting what Christ has called us to, or is it simply fitting an agenda that we already presupposed? Yeah. Um, another idea or another thought to wrap us up. What happens, do you think, or what should we do when we see a brother or sister not living according to this fruit? What, what do you think we need to do? Prune them. <laughs> Uh, that's our job. No, of course. So,
1: but, but that's that's the thing, right? <laughs> is I I feel like sometimes we decide to take on the role of the of the gardener, right? Mm-hmm. We decide we decide to be the gardener. And that is important for us to remember, right? Ultimately, God is the gardener. We are just another branch yeah. on that. Um now there are specific things that we have been given, specific roles that we have been given um in dealing with an unfaithful brother or sister that's that's in the church mm-hmm. um so we have that right if that's if that's if that's where you are take a look at those things um but if you see a brother or sister not bearing good fruit you're not the one that goes and cuts them off yeah. if anything the fact that they are still alive and still you know a brother or a sister mm-hmm. at that point means that they're still on that vine right they're yeah. still a branch so it's your job to be that encouragement to them to try to get them to bear fruit right that's to sure. help the situation out um you know whether that's one-on-one sitting down and talking with them being open and honest with them like hey here's this thing that i see i don't know that you're living your life maybe necessarily in the right way you know have that conversation be willing to communicate to them and and encourage them to also be fruit bearers <laughs> absolutely yeah so
0: uh i really like what you said about not making ourselves a gardener i thought it was super interesting when you were reading this passage. I it's always nice hearing someone else read it and you can kind of think about it. But when John talks about the ax is laid at the, at the root of the tree. Yeah. And I think that's John acknowledging I'm not the gardener. Yeah. Like I, this is not my job. Yeah. It is Jesus who's coming. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's very important for us to consider that. And just as you meant, like when it comes to how we handle pride month, it's very similar to how we handle when a brother yeah. or sister is, um, In cotton sin or whatever it is, we need to be honest with them and loving towards them. I mean, as we sit them down, we're not trying to yell at them or berate them or anything, but we want to go to heaven together. And that means I cannot allow you to go on living your life inconsistently with a kingdom citizen. Um, We don't let it go. Uh, if you are, if you are going out in the world and you are living a life that is not as a Christian should live, I need to say something about yeah. it. Uh, of course that means we do not blast people on Facebook. Like that's just so ridiculous. Yeah. It needs to be an in-house issue. Yeah. We handle this one-on-one. And as you mentioned, there's a couple of passages specifically about how we handle this. Um, Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians as well. So yeah, important for us to address that it that way. But it also means that we need to be very aware of what's going on in our congregations and the people around us that we all want to live consistently. We all want to be true followers and live yep. in accordance to the truth. Yep. So.
1: I mean, listen, like, we're told we're going to be hated by the world. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that we, we read about earlier and we talked about it, right? Because we bear good fruits, the world's going to look at us and they are not. They're going to despise us, right? Especially in a time, in a month like this. Where if somebody hears that you're a Christian, right, they're going to instantly associate you with, with, in their mind, actually being the hateful yeah, person, exactly. right? Yeah. The exact opposite, where they're like, "Your hatred, right? You're just, you know, that's that's why we don't like you." And even though God says you're going to be hated by the world, that does not mean that you should go out and seek to be hated by the world, mm. right? Um, I, you know, I've heard it told before, where it's like, you know. If if you are if your life is going basically too well, if if the if you know if you're not hated enough, if you don't feel like you're hated enough, then you're not a good enough Christian. Mm. I don't that's not true, right? Like we are supposed to live among the world. We are supposed to be, you know, a part of the world, right? We shouldn't actively seek out to be hated. Mm. Whereas this idea of like, if I feel like I'm not really hated enough, then I need to go and I need to make people hate me. Mm. So that's that's not what we're told to do. Yeah. Um the hatred from the world is just going to come naturally. Yes. Um, because of the way that you live your life. So don't seek that out.
0: Absolutely. So it, we have to be realistic about yeah. if Christ has called us that we are going to be hated and persecuted, as Charlie mentioned, it's because we're being like him, not yes. just because we're going out and trying to yeah. pick fights. Yeah. So it's very important for us to consider. It's been a good one. I I really enjoyed digging into this. Oh man, it's been good being back. Uh do you have any last last thoughts that you want to bring out?
1: So you guys have a great week. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening again.
0: For sure. Um so thankful. We're really hopeful that this pushes you and we hope that you guys have a good week. We will see you in the next one.